Oh Lord, come on and give, and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over. Give, and it shall be given. When you give, you give to the Lord. Why don't you give? And it shall be given, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over, give, and it shall be given. When you give, you give to the Lord. One more time, Miss Sister Parker, come. Give, and it shall be given, good measure. Press down, shaking together, and run it over. Give, and it shall be given. When you give, you give to the Lord. I can't hear you. Sing it a little bit louder for me. Good measure. Press down, shaking together, and give. Okay, you may be seated. So who had a really good month of giving? Or week, I mean, of giving. Great. Okay, last week we talked about Christmas, this being the season of giving, right? And how it is the most wonderful time of the year. Do you remember why it's the most wonderful time of the year? Talk louder. Right. Because it's the time when the whole wide world, or the majority of the whole wide world, celebrates the birth of our Savior with us. It's the one time of the year when everybody doesn't slow down. They get all up in the hubbub with us of celebrating the birth of our Savior. How wonderful is that? We talked about how wonderful it would be if everybody celebrated our birthday with us. Wouldn't that be just awesome? And Brother Ian agreed that it would be wonderful if we all celebrated his birthday with him. Wouldn't that be great? And then we talked about the importance of giving and how John 3.16 talks about, for God so loved that he gave. You can give without loving, a lot of people give just out of, oh, I suppose I better give them a gift because I know they're going to get one for me. They give out of obligation, but you can never love without giving. If you truly love, you give. For God so loved that he gave. And a lot of people get frustrated with Christmas. Why? We talked about that. Why do they get frustrated with Christmas giving? Think back in your memory bank. Because this was really important. It's because we're giving the wrong gift. We're giving things. God didn't give things. He gave himself. The God of all creation, the God of gods, gave himself. And that's what he wants us to give this Christmas season. Yes, I want a renewal to my craftsy site. I want my cricket renewed. Hint, hint to the man in the back pew. The best looking guy in the church is who I'm hinting to. But above all that, Above all the things that you can give, God wants you to give of yourself. That's what he wants. And we get frustrated with the commercialism of Christmas because as Holy Ghost-filled Christians, God wants us giving of ourselves. There's nothing wrong with giving the gifts. Big gifts, little gifts, medium gifts, they're all wonderful gifts. I like to see The expectation. I like sending off the gifts to the grandkids, to my kids. 
I like the anticipation. We had fun yesterday at our gals party, passing the gift left and right and right and left and getting confused if it was right or left. And me standing in the middle trying to hold a sheet of paper and read it and pass it left. That was really confusing. But anyway, it was fun. And then to see who got what, it was fun. The creativity of what we could give for $10, it was fun. But mostly what was fun was the thought that someone put effort into giving of themselves, to taking time out of their schedule to come and be together for those hours. Thank you for that, for putting that high on your priority list and giving of yourselves for that time. So, for God so loved. Remember, Ben Carson, it's the most wonderful time for God so loved that he gave. Remember that Ben Carson said, happiness doesn't result from what we get, but from what we give. If you want to be happy, give. Give above and beyond. You want to be happy? Surprise somebody and beat them to cleaning the church. You want to be happy? Beat somebody to doing something. You want to be happy? Give somebody something of yourself. Do something above and beyond. The unexpected. Just do it. Be happy. Our focus last week was on the giving of time, the gift of time. How many found a way to gift time this week? I gave you that sheet. Gifts of giving, it was not an original. I snagged it off of Facebook. I did retype it because when I printed it and thought I could get away with that, it came out all blurry and you know me, I couldn't do that. But how many found one of the first seven ways, eight ways, well, I guess nine ways because today's the ninth. Did anybody find a way to do the gift of time this week or to do one of these gifts of giving? Anybody want to share one that was really a special blessing? No? To them. These are the blankets that the ladies, some, have, have tied. They're fleece blankets. My husband has two of them in his room. They are the warmest blankets. And if he's chilly at all in his wheelchair, one gets folded over and put on that. And I'm just anxious to see the ladies and, and the men, their faces. They will be giving almost all of them out um, It'd be this next week on Wednesday. They have a big Christmas party and, and dinner and for the residents and, and family. And uh, she did make a note that they would not give quite all of them because they couldn't give two gifts. Some they'd already uh, purchased gifts for, but those would all be gifted by Christmas. So this is a gift of time that is... Just one second. This is a gift of time that is time that's given throughout the year. There's ladies that come together and we're gifted with the time together. And we get to sit in fellowship together and make these blankets. And then we get to give the gift onward by giving this gift, a tangible gift to people that have a need, a physical need but yet an emotional need that meets a spiritual need. You see how this works? And then we get the blessing of knowing that people that have a need are going to have a tangible item that meets an emotional need for however many days they get to feel that tangible item. So for those two hours that we spend together and get to have the pleasure of each other's company together, I mean, it's just, isn't God amazing? 
And we think that, does it matter? Yes, it matters. What a blessing. So to give that gift of time. So thank you for those that came and tied those blankets. And then thank you for providing that venue that we could give that. Are you saying one for seven? Whatever. Whatever. Did you find an opportunity? Uh, to three and seven. Okay. Um, I don't want to I really did not. But uh, I, bought a, I bought a coworker uh, coffee. Okay, so a coffee. A coffee was bought. So giving the gift of a coffee. Little thing. Just a little thing. But yet it's a huge, big thing. I w- Okay, go ahead. Number seven. So a joke was told to make someone laugh. The gift of a of happiness. I don't need this because I've got the other one. Anybody else? You know, Sister Denise. Um, my daughter, um, I had a day off and I was excited about it because I had a lot of things planned. My daughter gave me a call and said, "Can you take the baby home today from her So oh, I'm sorry, I'm holding the mic. Yes, we're so my daughter um, asked, could I keep the daughter, her grand, my granddaughter, her daughter on my day off? And that's not what I had planned, but I said, you know what? Yeah, sure. I mean, I said it gladly. I wasn't, you know, I know I had to change my plans. It was a wonderful day. She was so obedient. Yes, Grandma. And I love to hear yes, Grandma. She said yes, Grandma, the entire day. We ate. We played. And I told when my daughter came home at the end of the day, which was about 530, she was like, I know she wasn't good. I was like, bite your tongue. She was excellent. And so I just thank God that I was able to spend that day. And now it's a planned day for her and I together instead of just oopsie. So I thank God for that. So the gift of time and giving that gift to other people. Keep looking for ways that you can gift. And some of these are not on our calendar, are not gift of time. But just look for ways to give the gift. Give the gift. Um, but this last week, my husband's sitting back there quietly. But boy, did he give like the humongous gift of time this last week. Um, gifted me with the gift of time, the gift of helps. Um, obviously, I'm not feeling the best. And gals, what you saw with the carpet vacuumed and the um, cleaning of the hub. Thank you, sweetheart, for the gift of time this week. So I'll shut this one off now. <clears throat> so, okay, so. We also mentioned Winston Churchill said <clears throat> that we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. What you get is not your life. What you give is your life. So today we're going to talk um, about the gift of encouragement. Whoop. There we go. The gift of encouragement. Encouragement is defined as the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. In his letter to um, A.F. Oser, dated November 9th, 1768, Johann Wolfgang Goss said, Instruction does much, but encouragement does everything. So you can teach somebody a lot, but you can encourage them on to do everything. The Bible admonishes us to be encouragers. God wants us to build other people up. Paul gives us good guidelines for our words. We're going to talk a lot today about our words. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying or encouraging, if you will, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So mostly we're going to talk and focus on encouraging words, what our words do. Our words minister grace onto those that hear them, or they can minister destruction. We can give the gift of grace to others through our very words. We think of God as the one that gives grace, but we're to be a venue of Jesus Christ to other people. Some people will never, ever walk through the doors of our church. But yet we are the church. We take the church to the people. What we say is the Jesus that they hear. What do they hear Jesus speaking? I have to ask myself that often. Our words are a powerful gift to people. Our words can either cheer people on to victory or sadly they can bring them to defeat. 
I hear people say, it was just said, children are bad. There are no bad children. (laughs) There's some rotten parents, (laughs) but there are no bad children. There are undisciplined children. Shame on all of us that have ever said that a child is bad. They're undisciplined. And that's not their fault. Shame on us. We need to encourage them. We need to bring them to victory. Think about the home team advantage. What football team doesn't look forward to playing on their own field? Now, it's not just because they don't, it's not just because they know the turf. It's not just because they know where every lump and bump is. Now it's all artificial turf. What does that have to do with anything? They like the home field advantage. Why? Because the stadium is full of their fans. Have you ever heard the roar on the radio? I say radio because you don't have a TV. Have you ever heard the roar on the radio during a Packer game or a Viking game when it's in their stadium? It's deafening. Sometimes it's that shh, and they have to tell them hush. Or sometimes they're out there going like this. Now, that's when you do see it on the TV. And they're going like this, encouraging them. Because why? They want them to make it so loud that the Vikings can't even hear the plays that are being called. Right? Or if the Packers are playing the Vikings, that the Vikings are out there going like this. Because they don't want the Packers to hear the plays that are being called. Why? They want the home field advantage. They want them rooting them on. There's something about that. We need to be rooting each other on to victory. You can make it, Vicki. You can make it. You're going to make it to glory. You're going to make it. You can do it. It's just a little bump in the road. It looks like a mountain, but it's just a little molehill. You can make it. Oh, I don't know. This road is hard. Oh, just such a hard road. I don't know if we can even make it, sis. Oh, oh. What's that about? Huh? Let's just talk each other into defeat and go out and have a drink together. Drown our sorrows. Might just well, right? We're not going to make it anyway. Let's just drown it all. End our misery now. Huh? I mean, let's have the home team advantage. Proverbs 18.21, we know the scripture well. Oh, I missed this one. Go back. I thought I had that. That's just in your notes. Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Do you love the words that you eat? Or are they bitter? I don't like bitter stuff. I don't know how people eat lemons. Just thinking about biting into a lemon just sets my teeth on edge. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words can speak life into a person's situation. We can actually change a person's mindset. A person can feel defeated, and we can speak them, talk them into victory. Now, we're not some guru. We're not some name-it-and-claim-it person. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about good, wholesome, biblical, sound words. You can do it. You're going to make it. Hold on to Jesus. You can do it. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Our chief want is someone who will inspire us to be what we know we could be. I have a little Chinese fortune cookie thing in my Bible, laminated with a little yellow weed. It's not even a flower. It's a weed from my pastor's wife from Germany. We were out for lunch in California. She broke open her fortune cookie. She read it. 
And it was a very inspirational little quote about achieving great things. She read it and she said, huh, I think I got the wrong fortune cookie, Sister Pam. This is yours. I mean, this woman walked on water as far as I was concerned. She was right up there with Jesus and the angels. And she thought that was me. And then we got outside and she picked this little weed and she said, isn't this just the prettiest yellow? That woman saw beauty in everything. She still does. I took that little fortune cookie thing and took that little yellow flower, put them together, laminated it, and have it in my Bible today. Six, 18 years later. Now, do I believe in fortune cookies? No, no, I do not. But I believe in the word of God and I believe in encouragement when it comes my way. And I believe in grabbing a hold when somebody tells me that I can do something and they speak encouragement into my life and I hold on to it. And I also believe in having those people in my life that speak life into my life. Think about that. Someone is waiting for you to speak the words that will inspire them to be what they know that they can be, what they desire to be. They're just sitting there waiting for somebody to believe in them. At the heart of everyone is the desire to succeed. And our words can propel them to be what Jesus has a purpose for them to be. As a righteous person, man, the Bible says, our words, our mouth is a well of life. Proverbs 10:11. the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Again, our mouth can bring life to others by the gift of encouragement through our words. Psalms 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. When our words are acceptable to God, they will be words that encourage, they will be words that build, they will be words that bring life, and they will be words that edify. Again, Proverbs 10.11, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. My words should bring life to other people, not death and destruction. Oh, you stupid idiot. Can't you do anything right? Oh, you're nothing. You're never going to succeed. Get out of my way. Just let me do it. Oh, I knew you'd never amount to anything. Oh, you're just like your mother. Those are just a few of the things that we can hear being said. I knew they wouldn't make it. Oh, I knew they wouldn't last long. Oh, they never did have any depth. Now, those are the things we say about people that come to the church. Really? Then why didn't you do something to try to help them? Because my Bible says that you are, you that are spiritual, restore such a one. Why'd you just sit there and wait for him to fall? How many words of encouragement did we speak to them? How many times did we reach out to them? The apostles in the book of Acts are recorded as using their words for encouragement. Judas and Silas, just a few examples, Acts 15.32, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. Timothy, in 1 Thessalonians 3.2, it says he was sent to strengthen and encourage those in Thessalonica in their faith. First Thessalonians 4.18 They were instructed to encourage each other with what? With their words. With these words. So our words are very important. Just as in everything, we can always go to God for the example in giving the gift of encouragement to others. There's never a time when I feel discouragement trying to come upon me that I can't go to his word and find my encouragement. 
In fact, that's where I need to go to. Because if I only rely on people for my encouragement, sooner or later I may come up short. I go to the Word and find encouragement. For me, some people disagree with me. So this is just theology, philosophy, what works for me. Because I'm not God. I don't know every scripture in the Bible. And I don't always know what God wants to speak to me when he wants to speak to me. When I sit down to have a conversation with my husband, and you've heard pastors say, don't listen to answer, listen to hear. So when I sit down to talk to him, I don't want him already knowing what I'm going to say. I want him to be listening to listen to me, to hear what I have to say. So I don't want him to, to be a rote conversation. So when I sit down with the word of God, and I need something from God, I don't know where to go to. If I did, why did I sit down with the Bible? So for me, this is just me. When I need an encouraging word from God, I don't say, well, I'm going to go read Psalm 23, because that's what I need today. So then why did I go there? Because I already knew what I wanted. God's up there saying, well, Psalm 115 was what I really wanted you to read. So I, so for me, from way back in the day, what I do is, I call it Bible flopping. But really what I do is I just sit down and say, God, I really need a word of encouragement from you today. I need to hear from you. And I just open my Bible to wherever. But the key is, is that I can't stop reading, whether it's five seconds or five hours or five days. I can't stop reading until I truly have heard from him. That's the key. So unless you're willing to not stop, don't ever try it, because that's the key. I can't stop reading until I truly get my encouragement from the Lord. So that's for me. Um, but my point being is that we can always go to God for our encouragement, because I can't be an encourager until I'm encouraged. I cannot give what I do not have, and you cannot give what you do not have. We will always give what we are. If I'm a positive person, I will give positive. Now, unfortunately, you will not find the word positive in the Bible. I've told you that before. So if you're a good person, you're going to give good. If you're an encouraged person, you're going to give encouragement. If your strength gives strength, peace gives confidence and more peace to people. If I'm a confident person, I'm going to give you confidence. If I am a peace-filled person, I'm going to give you peace. Unfortunately, the opposite is also true. Negativity gives negativity. But again, you're not going to find negative in the Bible. So evil gives evil. That's the word that you find in the Bible. Weakness gives weakness, and fear gives fear. So you have to decide which you want to be. And if you want the first, to give the first, then you have to get that from God. Because that's the only place you're going to get it. And if you think that you have the others, negativity, evil, weakness, fear, then you need to get more of God. More relationship from God. Because that's where you get that from. That's what counters the other. The negativity, the evil, the weakness, the fear all comes from the world. Satan, the enemy of our soul. There's been a saying around like forever. I mean, since I was a little girl, I learned it. I didn't go to preschool, so I guess I learned it playing outside as a little child. It's the first big lie that I ever learned. Maybe you learned it on the playground, too. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Lie from the pits of hell. That's a lie. So here's a better quote. Yelling at living things does tend to kill their, the spirit in them. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will break our hearts. What is said to you never leaves your psyche. It never, ever leaves. It will pop up at the most inopportune times. 
If someone told you that you are a stupid idiot, it is forever in your mind. And it will pop up at the worst time. When you are taking a test and you can't remember the answer, you stupid idiot. Where'd that come from? I'm not stupid. For every negative, you have to hear seven positives. So tell yourself, I am not a stupid idiot. 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 I am smart. 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 Why am I the only one saying it? You have to hear something at least seven times to counter the one. Think about that. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. Negativity does nothing. Evil does nothing but destroy. I have to allow God to transform my mind and edify and encourage me daily through his word so that I can encourage others through my words. Romans 12 and 2 says, And be not conformed to this world. The world speaks horribly. The world tears other people down to build themselves up. If I make you look little, I look big. If I make you look like you can't do the job, I look like I can do the job. If I make you look, I am. Look at Satan. I will. What's that about? I don't have to make other people look less so that I am more. That's a lack of confidence. I need to build other people up. Good Christians, good leaders, surround themselves with good people, great people. The better the people that are around me, I think, it just means I must be really good. All that in a bag of chips. I don't want, I want to be around people that love Jesus, that are called, the called. I want to see the best in people. I want to help people be all that they can be in Jesus. So, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Without daily time with the encourager, I will not be prepared to give the gift of encouragement to others. Again, I cannot give what I do not have. If I don't have money, I can't give money. If I don't have food, I can't give. In order to be an encourager, I have to think good, uplifting thoughts. The world would cause call this thinking positively. But again, positive is not in there, so I call it thinking godly. Whatever you want to call it, you cannot think negative or evil and then be an encourager. You have to encourage yourself first. Be careful what words you gift to yourself. I'm just so stupid. Why did I do that? I can't believe I'm so dumb. Oh, I'm so clumsy. Oh, I'm so... Really? Is that what God says about you? Now I'm going to tread on really thin ice here. You know I like to. It's winter. The ice is freezing, so it's getting a little thicker. You know there's a saying going around. So if you're one of them that says it, please, please bear with me. Who are you a child of? The Most High God. So does that make you a pauper? 
or a princess? A princess. Oh, is pastor going to shut me off? So does that make you a princess? Oh, you can just ignore it. It's vibrating in my purse. It'll go away in a little bit. Oh, anyway, it'll quit. Um, Because I'm a child of the Most High God. Somebody wants me. Um, (laughs) Jesus on the main line. Tell it. No. So anyway, so you're a princess. When is the last time you're a child of the king? It makes you a princess. Maybe I shouldn't go here. I'll let it go. I'm not going to let it go. (laughs) Can I go there, Pastor? Okay, I'm the teacher. Pastor can clean me up. He can clean it all up later. Why do we apologize for being blessed? Why do we feel like we have to apologize for being blessed? Blessed and highly favored of the Lord, right? We need to encourage ourselves. We need to take joy in the fact that we are blessed. We don't need to apologize for being blessed. We don't need to apologize for God's blessings in our lives. And I'll just leave it at that. When someone says, hey, how are you today? I am blessed and highly favored. It is well with my soul. I'm on my way to glory. I'll leave it at that. You can fill in the blank. Encourage yourself. Be careful what words you speak to yourself. What words you give to yourself. Because again, Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think that you don't deserve it, you don't deserve it. You won't go after it. If you think yourself blessed and highly favored, you'll know that you're blessed and highly favored. The only reason I deserve anything is because of his grace. If I wasn't a child of the Most High God, I wouldn't deserve anything. But because my dad owns a cattle on a thousand hills, every once in a while I say, um, taxes are coming due. I kind of need you to sell one of those cows if I need them to. Now, I don't flaunt that or waste that. But if I need something, um, God, I need you to take care of this. I deserve, according to his riches and glory. But now, God, if I don't need it, and you have a better plan, go for it. Because your grace is always sufficient. That doesn't mean that I have to have whatever you want me to have, God. It's fine. We encourage ourselves and others when we let the word dwell in us richly. Colossians 3.16. So, if you only see cloudy skies, you will always be looking for rain. Do you bring sunshine or gloom in the room? Are you a Tigger or an Eeyore? The wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. Oh, bother. Now, some of us are just not, you know, the smiley personality all the time. I don't have one of those smiley faces. I don't. Someone said to me, you should smile more. I am smiley. (laughs) You know, one of my poor children, both of my kids inherited that same face. We are smiling. Look at the eyes. It is, it is what it is. But, you know, some people just have that all the time. I'm not one of those people. But doesn't mean I'm not joy-filled. But I don't bring gloom, I hope. But, you know. Do you see sunshine even on a cloudy day? There's a difference, you know. So you can pray. Jesus can change and he can transform you. You, you can become known for your sunny, S-O-N-N-Y, disposition. The way that we can be ready to give the gift of encouragement to others is to allow God to be with us daily. Stay spiritually encouraged. Continue to spend time daily with the Lord. There's so many verses about this. I mean, it was hard to pick one, but I went with the fear of the Lord as the strong confidence. Proverbs 14, 26. 
If you don't reverence God, you're not going to spend time with him. You have to know that you know that you know that he is the Almighty. You have to have a reverence for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He has to be the great I am. He has to be numero uno in your life. The great I am. I mean, that's the bottom line. You have to continue to grow in the things of God or you're not going to be encouraged in God. David, I mean, they were ready to kill him, ready to wipe him out. Everything was his fault. And he did not go find a corner to mope in. He went and encouraged himself in the Lord. And everything turned around. So I figure if he could encourage himself in the Lord, I can encourage myself in the Lord no matter what comes my way. And it's only then that we can encourage others. So once we've been encouraged in the Lord, then we can give the gift of encouragement. Socially, none of us is an island unto ourselves. None of us. Romans 4, 7, 14, 7. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. I think that the last part of that is sadder than the first part. Wouldn't it be sad if you died and nobody even noticed? I mean, that'd be pretty sad, I think. I want at least one person to notice that I'm gone. I mean, at least one. I don't care about that part, but, you know. You know, but somebody. But anyway... We all interact with other people every day. Normally, somebody. But how many of those people do we give the gift of encouragement to? How many people do we encourage every day? When you walk down the hallway, do you say hello to people? Do you smile to people? Do you say something that encourages them? When you check out at Walmart, when you, when you walk past, do you do something to encourage people? Do you take the time to get out of yourself to encourage other people? Or is life just all about you? We live in such a narcissist society. Everything is about me. It's all me. Get out of my way. Just, I mean, you can't do anything but that it's all about them. So it's so easy to do this. To let somebody go in line in front of you and say, oh no, you first. Merry Christmas. Not Merry Christmas to you, too. But, you know, get the cart and give it to them. Do something. Take a plate of cookies to, some, to, a, to a person at the bank. Do, you know, we used to do, walk, drive past and just hand somebody a candy cane. The week before Christmas, I'll have candy canes in my purse, the little ones. And every place I go, I just hand somebody a candy cane and say, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Some people check them out to make sure that there's no hole in the bag because we're in America, you know. But, uh, you know, but just little things, little things that mean a lot to people. We all interact with people. It's important to learn how to be aware of other people. Pastor taught us in leadership, you can't teach sensitivity. You can't do it. But flip back a page or go up a line in your notes. That only comes from Jesus Christ. He's the only one. The Holy Ghost in you is the only one that can make you sensitive to other people. He's the only one that can flip the switch and make you aware of other people. Only Jesus, the Holy Ghost in you, can make you sensitive to the people around you. That face on the other person that just shows you that, whoa, they, they need a, vo- a word of encouragement. A simple hello. No man or woman is an island unto themselves. You can be the influence. You can be the encouragement. You can make the difference in a person's life. Socially, mentally, again, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our mind has to be transformed. Again, you can't give what you don't have. 
If you don't have food, you can't give it to the hungry. You can't give money if you if your bank account is depleted. You can't give water if your well is dry. But you can't give encouragement if you're not encouraged, if you're not aware of the people around you. Your mind has to be transformed. Let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. Pray and say, God, help me see people like you see them. Help me think like you think. Help me say the words that you would have me say. Righteousness, peace, joy, rather than the wrong, the evil, the fear, the chaos, the disturbance, the affliction, the misery. Life is full of problems. Everybody has them. I have them. You have them. I love it when people say to me, well, I know your life is easy. Yes, God's grace is shining through again. I could sit down with any one of you, tell you where I've been and where I am now, and do a tick-for-tat list with you. But I would never. Why waste our time? You know, we'd both walk away so depressed. (laughs) What's the point? His grace is sufficient, and his glory shines over all that, so let's go on. And can encourage each other. Words of encouragement. And yes, there's people in life that just aren't so nice. Some people are just jerks. They need encouragement all the more. Treat a man as he is and he will remain as he is. Treat a man as he can and should be. And he will become as he can and should be. Stephen R. Covey. Gift them with words of encouragement. Words bring life. Words bring grace to their soul. Thank God that someone brought grace to my soul. We can do this when our hearts are full of God's word, when we've prayed, when our minds are stayed on him. Of myself, I'd like to tell some people, you are just a jerk. Get out of my way. And I have to say, whoop, let me get in my prayer closet real quick here. And I have about one millisecond to do that. Several times a day. Because I still walk in this flesh. No, none of you are carnal. I know that. You're all angelic beings already. <laughs> so we choose what we think on. Philippians 4.8. Let's think on the true, the just, the lovely, the good report, the honest, the virtue, the praise. If there be any. Some people you just have to dig a little deeper to find it. But it's there somewhere. My mom used to tell me. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. The second thing that she used to tell me is, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And oh, my mother was right. Isn't that amazing how moms are right? There's two ways to say most everything. You look terrible in that color shirt, sweetheart. You know, when you just really hate the shirt that your husband has on, you look terrible in that shirt, sweetheart. And they're not going to talk to you like forever. And that shirt is going to be wadded up and shoved in the trash can. Or you can say, I really, the next time, when they have on the shirt that you do like, a little bit better, I really like the way your blue shirt brings out the color of your eyes. And they will wear that shirt forever. And that shirt you don't like hangs in the back of the closet. It's all in how you say it and what you say. Or when I look into your face, time stands still. Or you could say, you have a face that would stop a clock. It's all in what you say and how you say it. Just wisdom from my mother. You have to pick your words wisely. Be careful how you say things. We want our words to edify people. You get the message across, but it's just how you say it. My words have an impact on people. We have to slow down 
and speak words of edification to people. A simple hello. A simple thank you. Do you know how many people never say thank you? Never, ever, ever say thank you. I'm sorry. They never say I'm sorry. Thank you for helping me. When's the last time that you thanked the cashier at your local, wherever you shop, for coming into work so that you could check out? Have you ever done it? I do it all the time. It's so fun to see the shock on their face. Thank you so much for coming into work today so that I could be checked out. So much fun. Or the people at the bank. Thank you so much for your friendliness and taking care of me today. Thank you so much for your professionalism. Thank you so much for having your figures match my figures so I don't have to go home and figure this out again. I tell them that all the time at the bank. Thank you so much for making me look good. What do you mean? Because you always make my numbers right. And then they laugh. So I add a little bit of humor to their day. I mean, it's just the fun things. Wow, you did so good on that project. I mean, just whatever, you know. You just find things to edify people. Speak good, encouraging words. When we talk, we make a series of choices about what to say and what not to say, what to bring up, what points to make. There are always good and not so good conversations to have. Think about what we say and things not to say. The things not to say, just leave them unsaid. Choose to specialize in encouraging words this week. Paul wrote in Romans 14, 19, Let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and things wherewith we may edify one another. So this week, ask God to open your awareness of those things you can give and those people that you can give the gift of encouragement to, specifically with your words. Try to find at least one person every day that you can gift words of encouragement to. Be an encourager. When you encourage others, you boost their self-esteem, enhance their confidence, self-confidence, make them work harder, lift their spirits, and make them successful in their endeavors. Encouragement goes straight to their heart and is always available. Be an encourager. Always. Enjoy your break. Brother Wayne, would you pass these out? These were given to me like buku years ago. So some of them, you're going to read these words of encouragement and some of them are like really hokey. But I think hokey is kind of good once in a while. So enjoy your break. <laughs>